I should probably put a couple of disclaimers out there. One is, I never let the truth get in the way of a good story, and I'm certainly not going to allow anyone else to do so. Probably not a misfix-it, but I do play one on TV. I only want to hear the good stuff, right? Yeah, for sure. I only want to hear the good stuff. Welcome to the Backstory Perspective. We're going to sit down and listen to a few stories. I appreciate you taking the time to come and chat with me today. Welcome to the Backstory Perspective. Today, we are sitting down with Vera Knuckles. This is a little bit of a different conversation. It's more of an interview style isn't exactly my thing. I'm not a reporter. I don't want to dig into your past. I just want to hear your story. But this one's going to go a little differently. I have read about Vera and some of her friends or acquaintances have told me a little bit of information about her. So this one flows a little bit different. Sit back and take a listen. All right, we have Vera Knuckles here with us today. Vera, how old are you? Do you want to tell us? I don't mind telling him, 101. 101 years old. Yeah. And your 102nd birthday is coming up. May the 19th. May the 19th. So, Vera, have you lived in this area for very long? Uh, about three years. About three years? Yeah. And where were you previous? to that? Indianapolis. Okay. All right. Now, we're going to start with, at minimum, you signing up for your service, for the U.S. service. Yes. I heard that that was a pretty interesting story. It's a true story. It is? (laughs) I was working at RCA. Okay. And I thought, you know, I want to go in service. My boyfriend was drafted, and we weren't engaged or anything, but we knew that later on we would be. Okay. So I went to Fort Harrison to enlist, and they wouldn't let me because I didn't weigh enough. So they sent me across the street, and they weighed me in said, well, no, you can't weigh on, you don't weigh enough. So they sent me home. The next day they called me up and told me to come back. And so I went back and enlisted. And so it was just a few days after that that they called me up and I went for basic training. And what branch of the service did you go to basic training? Army. Army. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... You met your boyfriend at the time. He was stationed in California. He was stationed in California? He was in the Army also. Okay. And was he also from Indianapolis? Yes. All right. And did you go overseas? No. 
Where did you end up doing your basic training? Uh, at Stuckard, Arkansas. Okay. Was that your first time to go to Arkansas? Yes. All right. What did you think of that? Well, we were where where we were located. Our barracks was where had, they had been mining rice or something. It was you're the biggest mosquitoes you ever heard oh, about. No. And so they built our barracks there, and we all had to be inoculated, of course, for whatever diseases the mosquitoes carry. And uh, it was not really the most pleasant living conditions. Okay. But we made it because we asked for it. Well, and you did, you did volunteer and you did sign up, and that was a little different during those times. Yeah. That's not something that a lot of people did. Most people were drafted during those times. Oh, yeah. Well, not the women. Correct. But you decided that you wanted to do more. Oh, yeah. That, that's why I went in. Now, what were you doing at the RCA plant previous to going into the service? I worked worked on a machine that made stems for uh, televisions. Okay. And were they doing color televisions at that time? Uh, that was just the beginning of it. So the beginning of color televisions. And you were one of the people that was actually tasked to help developing these stems. But you said it was like... With such ease, and but really, these stems that you were making were pretty inventive at the time. Oh yeah, oh, and yeah. you were doing something that not very many people were doing. Well, no, they only had so many machines, and there was such few of us. Right. I mean, in the world, not just for RCA, but oh, no. in the entire world. Yeah. Yeah, you were, you were doing something that was pretty special. So you left RCA. And how long were you in the Army? How long? Yes. Total? Almost three years. Okay. I, if I hadn't gotten married, I would have retired because I, I loved it. I was doing what I went in to do, and, and I had a lot of friends and, you know, had a lot of experiences that I would have never had if it hadn't been for the Army. What kind of experiences did the Army offer to you that you don't think that you would have had an opportunity for? Well, I get, one thing, I got to meet a lot of different, from different areas in life and different experiences. And, and uh, you know, at that time in life, you didn't get to travel around very much. And I didn't get to travel a lot in service. But, you know. But you did get to meet people from other places. Oh, yeah. As a result of the Army. Oh, yeah. And did you write letters frequently to your boyfriend at the time? Well, we wrote letters, and he sent my engagement ring through the mail. You had a mail-order engagement <laughs> ring? It, yes. That's pretty <laughs> unique. That is very unique. Yeah. Where did he end up purchasing that? Do you know? Out in California. Okay. And yeah. did he stay in California the whole time? Uh, no, he went overseas for a little bit, but they didn't keep him. So no, he was in California. He traveled, you know, quite a little bit for the Army. Okay. 
So what did you think when you got your your ring in the mail? Well, I knew I was going to get it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. It wasn't a surprise. It, that's, that's good. And surprise engagements can go a different direction. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he came, and we were married where I was stationed. In Arkansas? Uh-huh. When did you get married? Oh, my. <laughs> So long ago. That's all right. It's hard to remember. We were married 60, 68 years, I think, before he passed away. Wow, 68 years. What is your tips? What, I need to write all of your tips down for <laughs> lasting relationships. <laughs> I think the whole world needs to write down some tips for lasting relationships. Yeah. Do you have any good tips? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just agree not to disagree. All right. That can be a good one. Agree to not, not disagree. disagree. Yeah. I, that's, that's a pretty good tip in all relationships. Yeah. So when you left this service, were you in Arkansas? Well, first of all, let me go back. Were you in Arkansas the entire time that you were in the service? No, I was in Georgia too. Okay. My last station was in Georgia, Moultrie, Georgia. What did you do in the Army? Mess sergeant. You were the mess sergeant? Yes. So you were the boss? Well, I ordered the food and, and bossed the cooks around and served the food and opened up the mess hall. And I did a lot. I mean, I didn't sit in my chair and boss. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. But <laughs> it's a pretty important role, though, is to make sure that everybody's fed. When yeah, people are right. not fed, the army moves on its stomach. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Is that your phone ringing? You can answer that if you need yeah. to. I'll pause. Excuse me. So while on Vera's phone call. She was talking to one of her daughters, of course, that checks in on her daily. Super cool. So I asked her about her daughter that was on the phone. I heard a story about some silverware. The story goes something like this. Vera collected silverware and purchased it, but she never used it and then ended up giving it as a gift to one of her children. So Vera, can you tell us a little bit more about that story? Uh, You know, uh, Chester sent me an allotment. You know, even though I was still in service, I got an allotment from him besides my regular army pay. And so I went to a jewelry store and I bought international sterling, silver. And where'd you get all that information? So there, that's, a really, that's a really good question. I have interviewed Mark with the Indiana Honor Flight. Honor Flight. Yeah, and Mark and told you. I thought Mark might come today. He was trying to come. Yeah. He, he made his best attempts to to make it and unfortunately he he was not able to but I have a feeling that you'll see Mark soon (laughs) yeah but anyway yeah and so 
each, each pay period, I would buy another set. And so I wound up with 12-piece setting of international sterling. And my youngest daughter has that today. That's, that's pretty amazing. Now, I have my great-grandparents' china. Uh-huh. And most of it is, is still there. And I just received it last year. And I set it and for a holiday this year. And so I had their china mixed in with some of my regular plates. And, and my family thought that that was pretty neat to be able to oh, sit yeah. down and, and have some family yeah. china sitting there. Yeah. Do you think that your daughter uses the china? When she has company. Yes? When she's there. Sure. But you did not use it. Is that correct? No, I never did use it. You just kept it? And I, I bought it to pass down. And you accomplished and that did. tax. Yeah. So that's a pretty good thing to do with your allotment. Yeah. I, I mean, if that's what, if that's what you want to do and, and you were able to make your other uh, means. Now, when were you discharged from the Army? Do you recall? Uh, no, not exactly. I That's was okay. in almost three years. Okay. Yeah. And when you left, you got, you were already married at that point. You yeah. and Chester had already gotten married. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you go back to work for RCA? Uh, yes, I did. And they were making televisions and records at that time. Is that correct? Yeah. And tubes. Okay. And tubes. Okay. And when you went back, how long did you stay? Because you were working, I mean, you worked there for quite some time. Is that, that's my understanding. Well, I did work there quite some time, but I left there and went to naval avionics for two simple reasons. You get a government retirement. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good reason. So... I left there and went to Naval Avionics, and, and I retired from there after 20 years. So you went to Naval Avionics uh-huh. for two reasons. One, you got a government pension. What was the other? Well, the work was similar to what I'd been doing. Was it more money? Uh, yeah, it was more money. And that helped out with the household? Oh, yeah. Now, did you have children at that point? Yes, I did. I had uh, my oldest daughter is uh, uh, seven years older than my youngest daughter. Okay. We have two daughters. And I just took time out for maternity leave and went right back to work. Wow. Now, was, was that very common during those times? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what everybody was doing. Okay. Yeah. And... So when you went to work for Naval Avionics, and I happen to know a little bit about Naval Avionics. Uh My father worked on a couple of projects there. Uh But Naval Avionics is not a name that you throw around. No, not anymore. Not anymore. (laughs) Did you work at the location on the east side of Indianapolis? Yes. Yes. Okay. And what did you do for them? I worked on components like diodes and, and uh, uh, different parts that made up a, a 
I forget what you call it now. Resistors and diodes and... So those are like guided systems. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you worked... <laughs> this For those of you guys who don't know and are, and are listening, Vera was... You were making these components? Is that how I'm understanding this? Were uh, you... Assembly. Okay. Yeah. So you're making components for guided systems. So this would be the equivalent of building a drone today. So Vera was doing components that would guide and give unmanned missile missiles into a particular location. And the way that this was done primarily back at, um, during this time was they would use frequencies. And so you're building the components that are matching these frequencies for unmanned and guided. You had, you were doing the missiles. Okay. Do you remember what, (laughs) I mean, to wrap your mind around that, like you say it so nonchalantly, Vera, because you worked in this industry for a long time. Uh, I retired from there. Yes. Yeah. I had 20 years at Naval Avionics. So for 20 years, you were doing this. Now, this, most of your friends weren't building unguided missile components. Well, we, oh, yeah. They had yeah. a whole department of us. Oh, yeah. I, right, wasn't, I wasn't doing all the work alone. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. You, you were not doing the work alone. But it was also something that was not super common. What was your husband doing? He worked at Allison's. Oh, okay. And they were still, were they with Rolls-Royce at the time? Were they building stuff for Rolls-Royce? I think so. I think so, too. So this was when, I mean, this was a huge, important part of the world function. Oh, yeah. I mean, both of you were involved with something that was globally impacting. It wasn't something that... It wasn't just local. It was not just local. I mean, that those are pretty big impact type of positions and pretty remarkable. Definitely. Do you remember what kind of missiles you were building for? Do you have any recollection? I don't recollection? have any idea. That's okay. I... You've remembered um, quite a bit. Now, did you travel at all? No. All right. No. Did you like to stay local? Uh, you don't have any choice. You know, you have to do what you have to do you, when the you know when the time comes. And we had two children in school, and you know, you had to stay put and work. Did you grow up in the Indianapolis area? No, I grew up in Kentucky. I was born in Kentucky and lived there until I graduated from high school. And then I went directly to Evansville and started working in Evansville. And that's where I met Chester. He was working there, too. So anyway, I met him, and we kind of traveled from place to place, and he was drafted, and he would have never volunteered for service. 
he was drafted and and so I thought, well, I'm going to do something. So I enlisted. And thank you so much for your service. Well, I enjoyed it. I had a good time, and it was, it was a great experience to that. I had no idea what I'd ever have. And you had the opportunity to travel when you were younger, and you made the choice and the decision, like many people did, during during that time, yeah, to participate in in something that you really didn't have any control over, and you, it it was just happening, yeah, yeah, from other people's decisions. Lots of other people. Now, my grandfather was in World War II as well. Yeah, he was a Marine Raider, and so his story's a little bit different. But what? is the most impactful thing that you learned from your service? Well, I don't really, I remember everything from service, but I can't say that it impacted me too much because, you know, I pretty much did what I wanted to do. And uh, I was never called on the carpet for anything. Nobody wants to be called on the carpet. Thank goodness you were not. No. And I want to stay that way in my work life, in my personal life. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the, what were some of your hobbies when you were younger? Uh, well, mostly playing bingo. <laughs> you like to play bingo? I played bingo. I played bingo all over the world. <laughs> Really? Just about, yeah. Where are some of the places that you've played bingo? Well, I have a, a girlfriend that worked at Naval Avionics, too. And when we retired, we'd go to Vegas and play bingo and and uh, different places out there where, you know, where they'd have big old tournaments. And we had a great time. That sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, Vegas was a little different during different eras. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you, did you ever see any shows out in Vegas when you were out there playing bingo? Uh, we did. We saw some, and, and uh, you know, we do pretty much what we wanted to do. So. Vera, it sounds like. You were pretty determined woman throughout your entire life, and you were going to do things that you wanted to do. That's right. All right. You can say amen to that. <laughs> amen. <laughs> I will definitely say amen to that. I, I really enjoy that, and having people pave the way for women. We still in the workplace are not paid the same. Yeah. And we're not treated the same as our counterparts. And there's still a lot of discrimination that takes place everywhere. So the fact that you took your life and made the best of it and continued to work as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, and you kept and continued to persevere. I just, I thank you for that. I mean, 
that makes such a big impact in my life as a female. And I'm still fighting for some of those rights. But you also have a pretty big story that you were one of the first women to be able to, you, when you were born, and by the time you were 18, you were of voting age, and that's also when women's suffrage was. Yeah. Yeah. So do you recall the first time you voted, or do you remember that it being important? No, it was important. I remember that part of it, but I don't remember the first time I voted because I always voted when I had a chance, you know. So when they had somebody running, I wanted to vote for. Your entire life, you've been able to vote. Yeah, yeah. When and I wanted to. That's pretty remarkable. Um, that you were of the generation, or the first generation, of women voters. Yeah. And you have lived through many different changes in the United States, but really of the world. Yeah. I mean, the last world war you chose to participate in, you got married during that time. Yeah. You had children shortly after, but you left, you left your job and then you went back to it. Yeah. And that's pretty remarkable. Do you remember the end of segregation? Do you remember that being a big deal? Because you would have been in a work environment that would have had all different types of people from all over the world. We did. We did. It didn't make any difference. They were workers just like we were. And that's unusual. Yeah. That, that's not a typical work environment for those times. Well, I know. But, you know, some of my best friends were colored people. Well... I call all of my friends black, brown, white, purple, yeah. pink. Yeah. They're all my friends. <laughs> and well, I don't, yeah. but that yeah, was a different too. time. Mine too. And you were able to be in an environment where that was supported. Yeah. That was my question. Was it supported by other people having those relationships? Were you comfortable or was it easy? Oh, yeah. I had no problem. That's great. No problem. Do you think that that was a corporate culture that set that up? Well, not necessarily, but, you know, we were all doing the same kind of work. There was no difference between them and me, so why make a difference in your attitude towards each other? I'm going to go ahead and ask you to say that one more time. <laughs> yeah. I said there's no, no difference in the jobs between those people and me, and so I just accepted them and moved on. And they shouldn't be treated any differently, and here we are. Absolutely not. All of these years later, still having this conversation. Well, yeah, I know. There's people going to be unhappy and going to be in conversation about the sun coming up, you know. (laughs) Can't do anything about it, so... If you can't, accept it and move on. Do you have any brothers or sisters? Uh, I had a brother. He passed away. No. My whole family, all my family's gone. All I have is my immediate family, my two daughters and six grandchildren and 
two greats. How wonderful. And I mean, to be able to see your great grandchildren. Oh, yeah. They're all here in Indianapolis. And you said that you talk to your daughters every day. Is that correct? Yeah, my my oldest daughter calls me every night. That's fantastic. I saw the youngest daughter today and one of my grandsons. They come on Saturday because they're both still working. Okay. My oldest daughter retired this year. I cannot wait for retirement. What about you, Arifa? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll follow in Vera's footsteps and go play some bingo around the world. (laughs) That's a lot of fun. We played bingo here yesterday all day. Oh, wow. All day bingo? All day bingo. Did you win? Did you clear them out? Oh, (laughs) yeah. I won until I went to lunch, and that was my downfall. I should have not gone to lunch. (laughs) (laughs) You had to get up from the table? Yeah. Now, do you play any cards? My grandmother plays a lot of cards. No, I don't play cards. No cards? I have, but I don't enjoy it like I do bingo. Well, if you were winning at bingo, I understand why, why not. There's not very many bingo halls around anymore, but I bet you I could find one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or maybe I'll just come and play here on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a special day yesterday. They've never done that before. I've been here almost three years, and, and we do play bingo, but not that often. So you didn't come to this location until three years ago. That's right. And I lived at Crestwood East for 14 years. Okay. All right. They closed that down and sold the building. So we had to move someplace. All right. And, it, I mean, it's nice out here. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great area. Yeah. It's nice. And, and you have to pay for what's nice. And that's what makes it a little rough, you know. I wouldn't have chosen this if I had a choice, but my kids just packed me up and brought me out here. (laughs) I think that it had a little more to do with making sure that you had a nice place to be and you were safe. Yeah. So a little bit of a change in roles, so to speak. Yeah. You took care of them for a long time and now they're doing their best to take care of you. That's right. And I can appreciate that. I want everybody around me to have fun. And if you're not having fun, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. So even at work, I I mean, we we play a lot at work and we play word games and fun games and and stuff like that. But is there anything else that you would like to share with us today that I haven't asked you about? No, I don't know what, not much else to tell you. (laughs) Well, you've shared a lot. And I do appreciate everything that you have shared with us. You are a very interesting individual. Well, and I just tell the truth about what I know. <laughs> you, you know a lot. <laughs> Let, let's, let's go with that. You know, I've forgotten a lot, too. You know, it's not, memory's not as clear as it has been. It's pretty good from it's, where it's, we're sitting. Yes. I would have to say that your memory is probably better than mine. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> I'm not going to say how old I am, but I'm if I make it to your age, I, I don't know that I'll remember as much as you do. And you just had a really big impact 
on a lot of different people's lives globally, whether you realize it or not. And that's pretty special. And we're, we're very thankful. I am going to say thank you, Arifa, for joining me today. Vera, thank you so much for your time. Well, you're very welcome. I'm going to step over and sit next to you or stand next to you. And I'm going to have you describe some of the items that you brought to show us today. So I'm going to step over there and then have you talk about them. You can read it. All right. Well, then I'll, I'll go over here and read it. I'm going to go over here and, and talk into the mic. All right. That's fine. Oh, the, okay. So this is something that's new. Can you slide forward? Because I'm going to ask you a few more questions, Vera. Can you? Yeah. So you did this honor flight in 2006. Right. Now... I did not realize that that much time had passed. Yeah. I went on the fourth honor flight. Ever. From Indianapolis. And that's when you went to the dedication? Or you just went out to D.C.? No, I just went to D.C. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, see... That worked, too. My youngest daughter, Terry, was a close friend of this woman that kind of worked for the honor flight. And so that's how come I got a chance to go on the fourth honor flight from Indianapolis, and now they're up to in the 30s. <laughs> wow. Okay, so... <laughs> that's so cool. This is amazing. So... First of all, I thank you to all of the people who make the honor flight happen. Um, for all of all of the people who have served and supported um, their family members, so I, I want to shout out to anybody who's involved in that program. Well, they got another flight going in April. They got three flights this year. The first one's April, and I've gone to every homecoming from the honor flight when they come in. Wow. How special is that? Well, I don't know how special it's going to be this year because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where, where they're going to be coming in from. Okay. I've been going out to Plainfield High School. Yes. That's where they've been coming in. Okay. Too. And, they're, you know, their families pick them up there. Well, I've been out there to greet everyone and shake hands with all the veterans. Oh, wow. Well, that is amazing. And so you've been doing that since 2006. Yeah, I've been doing it every year. I go to every honor flight homecoming. Wow, this is, this is amazing. Thank you for giving me this uh, paperwork because I, I, was, I was going off of some of the information that I was able to locate. And so here's another little piece. You were featured in a book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody's writing a book about me, but if they do, can you please make sure that it, you call it f fiction? <laughs> Vera's going with the nonfiction. I'm going to go with, if you write a book about me, call it fiction. So you were featured in a book called Remembering World War II Women. Uh -huh. that's, 
that's pretty honorable. That's... I have the book upstairs. I can't bring everything down here. <laughs> and if I would have known that, you know, I thought there was going to be several people come. That was my understanding. That's why I asked them if I could come down to the summit. Sure. Well, there were other people that were planned to come. But we are also in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so, and unfortunately, a couple of people were not able to join us today. But I was not missing. I wasn't going to miss this. Now, we've had to reschedule a couple of times because they did have this facility locked down. Yeah. You guys just came out of lockdown. Yeah. Um, so pretty much I just call you and say, are you available today? <laughs> really, I've called a couple of times and, and my schedule's a little funky, but that's okay. So you enjoy, oh, wait a second. We, we've got another thing that you really enjoy doing. So it's not just bingo. What about a little wee bowling? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did wee bowling. I taught the fella in here that we bowled in the tournament <laughs> last year. But then, they, you know, when we were locked down, they just kind of did away with all that. And they haven't, haven't started wee bowling again. So. so should we ask them to bring it back? I don't care what you ask them. <laughs> that doesn't mean they'll do it. <laughs> Touche. Touche. All right. And you're going to be celebrating your... 102nd birthday on May 19th. Right. So. If the good Lord's willing. If if the universe lines it up, you are going forward at 102 on May 19th this year. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and wish you a happy birthday now. <laughs> I'll probably call you on May 19th as well. <laughs> you're, you're going to be on my card list for sure <laughs> well okay so I, thank you so much for, I'm glad that you handed this to me because I did definitely didn't know about the wee bowling and we do want to thank and honor all of the women who were written into the book for remembering World War II women and those who weren't um, even if you were not in the book your story is just as important so we, we do want to thank book. them I, <laughs> you I'm are in the book. And I have the book upstairs, but I you just bring couldn't bring it all. I got you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Now let's go on to your next show and tell item. <laughs> well, that's mostly it. Okay. There's a couple of other things, I think, though. Oh, you've got some photographs here. Well, these are. Uh, I think we're going to pull some of these out. And after I put some of these mics away, and then I'll take pictures of them and we'll talk about them. Okay. Oh, these are some good pictures. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to put some of these mics away so that there's space. And then, oh, wow. <laughs> this is so good. Oh, wow. Yeah, these are a lot. There's there's a lot of really good photos in here. That's you. 
Yeah. You look all sassy. <laughs> you are. You're, she's still sassy. Yeah, she's still sassy. <laughs> Have you heard this? It's great. Oh, these are fabulous. Oh, now who's this? It's my grandmother. My grandmother. She raised me. Because my father died when I was six years old. And my mother married again. My stepfather didn't want kids. So my grandmother raised me. She lived until my senior year of high school. Wow. Yeah. And is that one of the reasons why you left Kentucky? Well, I didn't have anything down there. I had to make my own way somehow. So I came to Indiana. Sure. That makes a whole lot more uh, uh, sense to me. With your independence. Yes, you're so independent. And I mean, I was just trying to wrap my mind around you were just leaving and and going and doing all of these things. But this is a photograph of your grandmother who raised you. Wow. Now this looks like a big city. This looks like Chicago maybe. This is the day I was discharged from service. See? It is It is downtown Chicago, November 1945, after discharge. I was right. We, that was Chicago. Yeah. And that was your discharge day. That's right. I was discharged from Fort Sheridan. Fort Sheridan? <laughs> now I have a feeling this might be your grandmother as well. Let's see. Uh-huh. Yeah. You don't have many photos of her? No. But you have what counts? Yep. You have a lot of memories? Yep, I do. Wow. Aw, the dearest and best grandmother in all the world. Yep. Aw. The dearest and best grandmother in all of the world? Yeah. How sweet is that? Oh, here's you with the president. Is that right? Which one is it? (laughs) Are you asking me which president? Do you have more than one presidential photo? Just out of curiosity. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) So what was the the picture with the president? What was that for? He just, they made a visit to our post. Oh, okay. They made a visit to your post, uh-huh. and then you just went and met him. I, I've never met a president, so I don't really know how that works. Yeah, no, we just met him, and they took pictures, you know. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> All right, yeah, you just you meet the president, and they t- go take pictures. That sounds reasonable. <laughs> Pretty special life that you've made for yourself there. Well, you know, I've enjoyed it. This is the only one I remember, so I'm going to enjoy mine, too. And I enjoy almost every day. It's just a sense of attitude, you know. You can make yourself miserable or, you know, every day doesn't go smoothly. But ignore it. Move on. I'm absolutely amazed. Thank you to Vera and her family and her friends that gave us the opportunity to sit down with her today 
on the backstory perspective. If you have a story or know someone else with a really good story, reach out. Drop us a note on thebackstoryperspective.com or just sit back and listen. Next story is coming soon. It gives us a little perspective.